We're going to start today's podcast off on a serious note. What do you think? I think it'll be interesting to see how long that lasts. I think we can do more than what? I don't know. You're already looking very serious. You've got your glasses on. you got your notes. That's at least two minutes. At least. <laughs> Robert and I are not looking very serious. Uh-huh. We have blank notes. Blank notes. Blank notes. I mean, we're going to have blank, a blank story, a blank uh, little, uh, what do I want to say here? I don't know. Yeah, see? I don't even know either. Well, anyway, hello out there in Parabellum Land. We're going to hit you with a serious subject today. We're going to hit you with forensic cleanup crews. Wah, wah, wah. There it is. It's over with. Ten <laughs> seconds, people. <laughs> 45. Um, the way this idea generated was, because we're always looking for new um, ideas, I was driving one day and there happened to be a homicide in my neighborhood, which was a uh, suicide murder, and... I drove by the street, house, and I said to myself, who cleans up this shit? Of course you would think that as you drove past a homicide, exactly. suicide, murder scene. This is a <laughs> little... way our minds work. <laughs> yep, this is my mind in the dark corners when I'm driving. So I said, who gets stuck? What family has to come back to this home? What if you don't have money to leave? Who pays for all of this stuff? So I started thinking about it. I said, there's got to be cleanup crews out there. I mean... There's murders and accidents and all kinds of stuff that happen every day. And we just say, oh, that sucks. You know, that person died or this happened. Oh, you don't even think about the the aftermath of, well, what happens to this crime scene? You know, they don't show that in the shows. They don't do any of that. So I said, hmm. I don't know. I've seen Dexter. I mean. Yeah, Dexter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a whole different gear, though. That's about my understanding of what this was before I started trying to look into it. So I went home that night, and um, I looked up uh, cleanup, murder cleanup crews is what I actually oh, typed in. Of course in. you did. And While your family was eating dinner <laughs> and watching the Muppets. Yes, I broke it, I broke their little uh, perfect bubble there. <laughs> Jeff is looking up murder crime scene cleanup. Hey, check this out. <laughs> This guy's head's on the side of the window. Um, and by, don't get, don't get us confused, folks. We're keeping it serious, but it's a little lighthearted, too. But we don't mean any disrespect to anybody or families that have gone through something like this. I think you got to kind of joke a little bit about it just because it's so <clears throat> dark. It is a very dark subject. And it's, you know, I think it'll reach out to uh, some of our dark fans out there. Because there's a lot of different little mysterious things that happen that, you know... In your everyday life that we just don't even catch on to. And I thought this would be an awesome little topic we can delve into. Yeah. It's, it's different for us a little bit, but it's still kind of out there in that yeah, dark well, realm of Don't worry, we got things. plenty of shows where we're going to be goofy and off the hook. Oh, yeah. Um, probably our next one. Or even this one, depending on how this goes. Uh, this might, yeah, it might go right out the window. So you ask yourself, how does one get into this business? No? I have no idea. I don't know how you wake up one day and say, you know, I want a career change, and I think I want to go and clean up brains. Well, from what I've read and going going back and forth, I've kind of come into two two train of thoughts here from reading and trying to learn this. Um, one, obviously, there's a big need for it because let's face it, people are dying all the time, and there's not enough people to keep up with that. So there's a money thing. Also. There's people out there who, um, A, have gone through this, B, see a need in the sense from the emotional and psychological side to help out a family or somebody who's stepped into this 
and they don't know what to do. And it does, from what I've read, these businesses come in with a lot of compassion and understanding. It's, it's, obviously, it's a very sensitive issue. So <clears throat> I think that's the two avenues, money, compassion. I don't think you're necessarily falling into it by going, oh, unemployment's knocking at my door. I need to find, you know, put a resume out. Hmm, forensic cleanup team. That sounds like fun. So <clears throat> that's, that's the two alleys I look at. And I would probably go towards compassionate side a little bit here because to start up your own business or at least get into one, you got to have some dough. I mean, it's like taking out business loans, especially if you want to run the company and make the money. Um, anyone know what the average pay is for a, a cleanup? I looked up the median salary. Well, what do we get there? For a year. Because I did approach this as like... A job? Hey, I'm looking. I'm job searching. Okay. Um, the median salary is $38,520 a year. And that was a stat as of May of 2014. That's pretty. That's pretty recent. So, yeah, then, somewhat recent. Obviously, it would probably be higher in your your major markets: L.A., New York, you know, Detroit. Chicago, Detroit, any mob-run cities. I mean, um, all right, I snuck a little one in there, but uh, <clears throat> the prices can go up, and each job is <clears throat> each job is different when it comes to pricing, as from what I learned. Also, uh, sort of like how you know people charge for ghost hunting. People charge for ghost hunting? Yeah, some people do. They charge by the ghost. Where, and people yeah. charge by the brains. Do they charge by the weight of the ghost or the visibility of the ghost? If you got a 60-40 visibility the of the ghost. The violence of the ghost. You know, of if you got a ghost. demon, it's like buy one, get one, free removal. And, and it's always a demon. Yep, it is. <laughs> so, you know, this is just like that, sure. Oh. How do you how do you de- debate how you're going to charge someone? Does it depend on like what the crime was or how many bodies there are? Or? Then why is prone so broke? Because we don't do that, because we actually have morals. Oh, oh, stop that. I know. But we're being serious, aren't we? This is like it it is serious. I mean... <laughs> Who does pay for it, though, the cleanup? Like, who's responsible well, for that money? Well, <clears throat> back in the um, early 90s, this was kind of a wish-wash scenario. The uh, taxpayers, <clears throat> before any organized business came in, like, around mid-90s, that's when they said, hey, you know what? We're going to turn this into a business because there's a need for it. Um, The city would pay for it. The town. um, A lot of times, people would do it themselves. And they would have... um, That's pretty morbid when you think about it. Think about how disturbing that is. And I actually have a... Well, there's a story I I researched about a company. Um, So, yeah, people were just footing the bill any which way they could. And it's not really fair to everybody else, taxpayers, blah, 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 blah. So they put together a little a little thing in the mid-90s, and it's kind of catching on. You know, I believe the first one that really gained a lot of success was, success was out of Toronto. Could be off on that, but from what I've saw in reports. And now there's a couple big names out there that just go and, and they have groups of people. Like Surfro? Yes, they come in with the vacuum cleaner and yeah. suck it all up. Mm-hmm. No, um, <laughs> that's kind of how the business started in the 90s. And now, obviously, it's a big thing and people are still doing it, but there's still a, a need for it. I think they should look to hire people with OCD. Oh my gosh. That's why I was considering it as a serious career option for a little while. 
Yeah. Think about that. I know. If you had people that like had to wash their hands a billion times because they couldn't like oh. do anything else, they would be perfect for this job. Oh. They probably couldn't do any other job, but they could probably do this job because they just clean the crap out of everything. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I've stumped Jeff. He doesn't know what to say to that. Well, I, you know, I thought that'd be a good idea because you gotta, yeah, OCD. You know, they gotta do three circles around the blood stain and all that stuff. But yeah, but they would scrub the crap out of everything. I mean, think about how how detail orientated you need to be in a job like that. Oh, beyond. Yeah, and if that's all you cared about was like cleanliness and making sure that you got everything, you'd want somebody that had like, some kind of OCD for that. Should we open up our own? I think we should. Service? And just have other people do it? Yeah. Paracleaning. Paracleaning? Yeah. We've gone to paracleaning. I like it. It's another spinoff. Paracleaning. Paratech, parababble. Paraclean. Paraclean. (laughs) You guys, you just said, you know, get someone with OCD to do it. What do you you think your job uh, qualifications would be for this job to come in and do something like this? You have to be good at cleaning. That's it? And have a strong stomach. Strong stomach, that is the number one quality, people. That's why I would not be good at this job. Yeah, strong stomach I can get away with. Um, the three top qualities that they, they look for in these job requirements when you go and say, hey, I want to go scrub blood. One is your strong stomach. you got to be able to hack it. The second one they found is the ability to rationally detach from Sorry, their work. Sorry, hack it. Hack it. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> See, even when we're trying to be serious, it just doesn't come out. Um, the ability to rationalize and detach from their work. I guess you can't get connected to what you're doing too much because seeing a lot of that and taking it home for dinner talk is probably not the top top line. They've done interviews with people um, that own the companies, and it's just it's not a, hey, honey, how was your day at work? Yeah, that can make for a really awkward first date. Oh, even a first, yeah. <laughs> you so know, what you do you do? You somebody on Tinder, Match.com, something. Exactly. What's what your you, career? Well. <laughs> I, I clean up brains. <laughs> I scrape up walls. Yeah. Um, Suddenly, you know, the person on the other end of that conversation is very afraid and they're slowly backing away. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's good. Mm-hmm. But then there's dark people out there that would probably be like, ooh, interesting. Yeah, those are the kind of people that probably want to date morticians. What's wrong with morticians? Well, I'm just saying, like, you have to like be into that. Morticians. I wouldn't date one, though. <laughs> you know what weird me, What would weird, really weird me out about this is if I dated a mortician? Their hands touch dead bodies all day, even though they have gloves and wash them. And then they want to, like, touch you or shake your hand or whatever you want to do later. It's like, oh, no. No, that's just me being weird in my own little way. Because that's how I look at things, all twisted and perverse like that. What? You? <laughs> no, Rob, did you know that about Jeff? I, this is the first time hearing about it. Okay. Well, I'm going to change the subject to <laughs> the next thing that you might add of these three qualities. Strong stomach, uh, detached from your work, obviously. I, I don't think I can do that. Got to have a sympathetic nature. Um, I would say that that was probably pretty big because you're really dealing with, you know, your own mortality and cleaning up and watching this every day. Well, yeah, you got to be sensitive. You can't be like listening to, you know, bring out your dead from, <laughs> you know, Monty Python <laughs> while right. you're in there cleaning. You know, that's probably, families aren't going to appreciate that. No. And, yeah. you know, you just can't come in there, you know, listening to Metallica and, you know, being a typical, uh, oh, I'm doing my job for $8 an hour. It is kind of strange because I never really even realized that sometimes families are there while these companies are there. 
They are, huh? Yeah. I don't know if I'd want to be there. I don't think I'd want to be there either. I think it would still... I still think it... Even even on a perfect scenario where they come in and you're in a... In a, a uh, what am I trying to say here? You're, you can't sell your home. You are stuck financially where you're at. But you have this crew come in and clean up everything. And you might have witnessed a homicide or a suicide or anything like that. You, coming back into that house, knowing that it's perfectly clean, you still have that mentally burned into your brain. Yeah, you're and never not gonna. You're never gonna unsee it. You, right, you're never gonna unsee that. So that's uh, you know, that's a tough one to just deal with. But I guess people do it all the time, and that's just how life is. So yeah, the sympathetic nature, you know, what what you leave. That I would almost imagine that they could be like uh, on-scene counselors too. Well, you got to think about it. I mean, like you know, there are certain jobs where you just have to detach. You know, like butchers. I mean, think about it. If they thought about the cows being alive as they were chopping them up and stuff like that, you probably couldn't do that job. So do you think you would look at a steak differently if you were in a slaughterhouse? Probably. I mean, I don't know. Because I think that, you know, we as humans tend to just do things like that automatically already. Like, we try to disassociate. We, because yeah. you need it for protection. Yep. Yep. So I don't know if that would necessarily be a hard thing to, you know have as far as like a quality to do this i think that would probably be the easiest out of all the other ones but if you physically were the one butchering animals for food source and it was your business and you brought home the steaks or the chops or whatever right i i think you would probably take it from a, a different angle you're probably taking it from not a not a, a sympathetic angle more like hey look this is food we need this to survive this right. is why it's here you gotta disassociate you're not gonna name the cow you're not gonna look it in the eye before you you know, do those things. They do that overseas, by the way. When they, if they have uh, pets that they get rid of or animal and livestock, they actually put names to them. A lot of places, people raise them on their farms. Say, okay, Bessie, guess what? Your dinner for the winter. <clears throat> I don't know if that makes it easier. Saying, hey, Bess, we're really sorry about this. We're gonna make this as personal as we can, but <laughs> you know, <laughs> while it's on the dinner table, you know, it's still weird. Okay, it is weird. So sympathetic <laughs> nature. So those are the three. Detached, stomach, nature. Um, they also suggest, which is an obvious, if you're depressed, if you get into depressive moods, yeah, you probably don't want to be getting involved with this because um, you're taking that shit home. You're going to wear it deep every day and then you'll probably end up uh, snapping at some point. Um, a lot of your companies um, will reject people like I was saying earlier to you before, that have an enthusiasm for voyeurism and gore. And <clears throat> take it as a, a horror fan and watching stuff and being fascinated by dead things in real life, I would probably not want to do that. How that would they sense. even figure that out, though? Is that an interview question? Just like, um, well, so that's one of the, what's your favorite horror movie? Yeah, I don't know how they weed the people out for that because voyeurism... I, that's tough. I mean, if you, if you come in, all right, say you're coming in to clean up the, you know, whatever's left over, and you're all like, let's go, all right, I got, you know, you got some heavy intensity to it, they're going to be like, whoa, 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 there's something wrong here. You might be getting off on this a little too much. You got to pull it in and, you know, so I probably, I would imagine they've seen this stuff on the job before where people have these sick fascinations. I mean, I guess I could see that, but I think the first time you actually go out on one of these scenes and you have to physically clean it, it probably goes away a little bit because it smells it's a reality. disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's not like fake blood that is corn syrup and 
I mean, just the smell alone is probably got to be enough to kind of shock you back to reality. So we shouldn't have an overly enthusiastic mortician either, right? Because it's not about that anymore either. No. That's just weird. Come on, guys. I mean, there have been stories I got him in the back that. room. How does he look? He's a look good. Yeah. Let's get a, let's I mean, like people that work let's get a selfie. That work in morgues, you know. There's been some crazy stories about stuff like that happening. Oh, I, I, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I like all the, all the. Do you guys ever see all those cop shows on TV? Every time they show uh, the mortician in the morgue, is always like working over a dead body, and they're eating a sandwich in the other hand. It's so every day, like going to work. See, Rob went there, and I was going somewhere. <laughs> Different. <laughs> Rob that went to me is very innocent. Eat a sandwich. <laughs> Eat a sandwich. You know? Put it on the. Put it on somebody's dead chest. Yeah. That's not no. Is it, it a liverwurst like, sandwich or? I don't know. Okay. It's pate. Pate. You'll have to ask them. <laughs> See that in a lot of the cop shows? Every yeah. single one, right? Yeah. And they do that as a, a joke that started back, jeez, I forgot when they started this, but it was in the 70s, maybe? And that kind of stuck. Just like the old, I'm going to drift here a little bit, the old, give me my cocaine, and they slice it open and they, they taste yeah. it. That that uh, They've had people talk of that um, and drugs and stuff like that that absolutely has no bearing on nothing. It's just something Hollywood made up, and everybody thinks it's like that. They take the knife, and yeah, same thing with the sandwich over the dead body. So, are you saying Scarface isn't real? Um, Say hello to my little friend. Is he dead? I think he died. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's fake. I just don't want him to come after me. No. <laughs> I, you never know if he's listening. I guess not, but how would he contact us if he was listening? I don't know. He'll find us. Through parababblepodcast at gmail.com. Okay. That sounds like one way. Or facebook.com slash parababble. Uh, at parababble. On For Twitter. Twitter. Well, Twitter. Tweeter. iTunes, Stitches, Podbean. Stitcher. Stitcher. I'm thinking of Stitches because now <laughs> Stitches I'm thinking of like Rollins. trying to put Stitches. people back together. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, so yeah. That's how you can reach us, folks, if you really want to comment on this subject tonight so basically if you go in here you got to have a level head that's what they're looking for and someone who can as they say leave work at work and not take it home but um i also found some other job requirements or suggestions for job requirements um it's recommended that you have bio recovery technician training and follow osha standards because obviously you're dealing with um bodily fluids so there's got to be some set of standards in place for when you're cleaning that up um and also you need to learn how to identify and contact law enforcement if you happen to come across something that could be like a new piece of evidence yep osha approved and mandated you need something like that you got to have i mean there are some granted going in and applying for the job is one thing because you know it's a job but it's like anything else. You got to have certain things in place because you're dealing with heavy biomedical messes of splatter. You don't know what what in the after effect, and you got to take care of everything in the sense of, um, you know, transporting this stuff, you know, and removing it from from the scene and making sure your people that are working aren't getting contaminated with, you know, whatever airborne pathogens are out there. Say yeah. your suit leaks. Yeah, and you don't know what kind of diseases that person who's been killed or killed themselves had. Exactly. So it, it's uh, it's a pretty it's a pretty strict business from 
what I got out of it. <clears throat> it sounds like it's, it's obviously unpleasant and it could be potentially dangerous. So again, going by what the median salary is for what these people do, I'm like, mm, I don't know if it's worth it. Yeah, they did also have, you know, not bouncing too far away from that, you have to be in overall good health. You can't be, you know, 400 pounds of donuts and Pepsi every day going, all right, I got this. Because there's days that you have to be in full body suit for the whole day. And they worry about you passing out, dehydration, I mean, all of that stuff. So it, it's a tough, I, I would say it's a tough job. I would almost want to say it started a little higher, 40,000, 50,000, well, 50,000 maybe. That's what I was expecting. <clears throat> Yeah, I've seen, like you said, your price is between 38000 and forty. You know, that's kind of like... But, there is no degree required for this job. Which is, you know, kind of weird in its own. I think there should be some... I would imagine there's some type of training. Because if you can't get through, like, a day or going to, like, one of these uh, death farms to see the stages of bodies and you're yakking up... Yeah you might want to reconsider. <clears throat> so, you know, what do you think the worst crime scene cleanup could be? Gunshot wounds. No. Shotguns. Gunshot wounds? Yeah, shotgun. Like suicide. Shotgun. Um, a lot of times when you're shot in the chest, from, uh, blood stays in. The lungs absorb it, so it's not really that bloody. Obviously, shotgun to the head or something you're going to be picking up a lot of stuff. Um, there's cases, you know, the floorboards come up. They have to go through the walls sometimes, pull the baseboards off, all of that stuff. But uh, the worst job that I caught out there, and this is how I got this from um, How Stuff Works, science, uh, science.howstuffworks.com. Uh, meth labs. No? Meth labs? No? Um the problem with meth labs is if you don't clean it properly the first time around, that shit is sticking on the walls. And what happens is people are getting sick a year later. Hmm. Um, pregnancies. Uh, it's because <clears throat> the, the meth that's made uses all different types of chemicals. You know, hydrochloric acid, acetone, uh, methanol, ammonia benzene, iodine, it, it, there's a residue that comes off of this stuff when they make it and it just lays in on your walls and it is so thick and this is what everybody worries about the most. They don't worry about walking in on a body that's been blown into 600 pieces. They worry about walking into an explosive meth lab and all the toxins and the stuff that you have to breathe in that will just screw up your lungs, birth defects, all that stuff. So a meth lab is, um, that's your bad boy and you know, it causes disorders, <clears throat> all kinds of stuff, liver, kidney, you can get blind from this stuff. Um, so they really have to clean out uh, a meth lab place or an apartment. There's been people who have gotten sick a decade later and they've gone in there and they figured uh, everything on the walls were coated in, you know, meth at one point. So <laughs> it's, it's like um, Breaking Bad. You guys ever watch that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Meth labs. That's exactly what I was just thinking of. Is that and the ways that they, disp they would dispose of the bodies every once in a while? They would mm -hmm. put them in the big buckets, the plastic buckets, and just throw the chemicals in there? I don't know what chemicals they were. I don't remember. But it would just dissolve the body. So I guess that's one, one other way of uh, cleaning up a crime scene. 
Yeah, it's just <laughs> totally if you, different. If you want to cover your tracks, I guess. <laughs> we're not we're not promoting this. <laughs> if you got any ideas how to dispose of bodies out there, contact us on Facebook. Yeah, let us know. What's your preferred method? But Facebook will censor you. What's what's the word you can't use now? I don't know. You can't use the word. Um, Apparently, anything that we post on Facebook because it never shows anybody our posts. So. <laughs> um, let's see: guns, explosive bombs. Uh, there's certain key words now that they filter out. So Yeti, Bigfoot. <laughs> Is that why we don't have any likes? I think so. Nah, we got we got thousands of likes. So you're the bomb. Get censored now. Stuff like that. Yeah. You can't tell your buddy like. You're the bomb, dude. You probably shouldn't anymore anyway. I mean, it's 2016. Oh my so. God, stop is the political correctness. Is that, yeah, is it PC or is that just uh, like, you know, being tasteful? We're raising a country of wussies. Yeah. Um, yeah, we are. And that's just going to get worse. That's another topic for another day. Mm-hmm. Um, so looking, you know, through a lot of this, the companies that, what makes this so expensive, a job can start out at $1,000 to $3,000. Just to walk in and say, look, we got to pick up, uh, you know, whatever. The problem becomes if you don't have enough, how do I say this? If you don't have enough... Blood and guts? Yes. If you don't have enough blood and guts, because they charge you by the pound. And it sounds really, like, twisted. Because what they have to do is they have to, they have to move this hazardous stuff. And it goes to a storage center. And this storage center says, well, we're just not going to drop off your stuff because that's too expensive. What we're going to do is we're going to get a bulk. So say you bring in 100 pounds of blood and guts and the company needs 2,000 to move it to have it all done. That sits in storage and sits in waiting. So that's what drives the bill. So you could be in for a pretty long haul in, that, in the sense of it's better to have a massacre than one person die. Let's put it that way. And it's it's ridiculous, but they know they have the they know they have the corner on it, and they're sympathetic to it. But if there's not enough, it sits and waits, and then you you're paying the bill, or your insurance will pay the bill too. Which in turn, you know, they have to they have to tax somebody, so somebody else will get you know charged for it. But that's the biggest thing. That's how they do this whole. Oh well, how much is this scene worth? Ooh, well the size of this kitchen. Okay, we're starting off at twenty five hundred. And then it can go up. There's a story out there, I don't know if you guys read it, um, by ABC News. They reported that this company came in, there was a, a murder, and the wife was there. I'm paraphrasing all of this. The company came in and said, well, here's the paperwork, we're the cleanup crew, you just need to sign here. Well, she's distraught, obviously, so she signs it. Well, she didn't look over it carefully enough. There was no estimates, no parts or prices broken down for what they have to use, what some of the cleaning gear is, what the va vacuums that they use, the um, the HEP, uh, filters, stuff like that. They all charge. It's all wrapped up in their charge. She signed away. Being distraught, didn't really think about it. Okay, just get it cleaned up, please. Next thing you know, she's got a bill for $57,000. And she absolutely lost her shit over it, which rightfully so that a company can come in and do that and they've had to turn around and change their policy now they have to give estimates for what what parts and what what type of scene's going to cost what because they just you know one one coat 
oh, okay, we got, well, we got this, this, this. And by the end of it, they raised it up to $57,000. That company did come back and give them apology, but turn around and I believe they sued the insurance company. After all of that, they turned around and sued the, the insurance company for not doing something with the policy. So the girl had to jump in and then she got involved in a lawsuit. So it went full circle. She did get her money back at a reasonable amount. They got what their cut was, but it's it's a very, like you said, you got to have a sympathetic nature. You can go in there and you can stomp on someone's emotions while they're down and guess what? Ah, sorry. Ah, 50 grand. Mm, that's, that's what it costs these days to clean up something like that. Or it can sit here. So... You know what I thought was interesting when I was looking through this stuff? I didn't see anything about confidentiality. When you think about it, you know, companies go in there. Some of these cases are probably pretty high profile, especially if it's like a murder or something like that. And I didn't see anything about, you know, like companies being held to confidentiality or anything about their employees having to do that. Like we know even through ghost hunting that we sign confidentiality agreements Mm -hmm. because we don't want to you know talk about what goes on at somebody's house or their property if they don't want us to right but what's to stop you know people that do this from writing books about the crime scenes or you know profiting on that stuff or selling images or something's gotta be because i mean i would think they get in major trouble because those are probably a lot of the times they're crime scenes they're more than likely open crime scenes still because you look at how long it takes things to go to trial if they even have a suspect in custody yet and what kind of details they've released to the news and the press and whatnot. So are you yeah, saying... I wonder if, like, certain comp- like certain police departments will only use, like, certain companies, you know, stuff like that. Like, if there's a big difference mm-hmm. between, like, you know, cleaning up crime scenes and cleaning up just, what do they call them, like, un... Oh, they have a word for it. When someone dies, when no one's there. It's, like, unaccounted for death or something. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. If, like, there's companies that specialize in like, crime versus, yes, thank you, that's what it was. So, you know, I don't know, I just thought that was kind of weird, because when you think about it, like, you know, Amityville Horror, who came in and cleaned up that crime scene, that mess? I mean, you know. Well, back that far, probably would have been, like, the town or something, or even, you know, people, just your your city would have to come in and do that, because there was really no organized business back then. And if then. you think about it, like, if th- something like this existed then... There probably would be pictures on the internet of what that stuff looked like. Yeah. Well, they're okay. Let's take. Let's do this. Because you can uh, find videos and pictures all over the internet of actual crime scenes. I um, imagine. I imagine the, the police departments, whoever's in charge of whatever sort of investigation is going on at each crime scene, <clears throat> probably makes these people sign non-disclosure agreements or something like that. Well, it might be in the contract somewhere. Yeah. Nowadays, it must mm-hmm. be. But look at okay, like you have photos that sneak out of slip. Look at Chris Farley. He, his photo, they got him dead halfway in a hallway in his apartment, purple and bloated. Um, Marilyn Monroe, they have pictures of her. Uh, there are certain celebrities or high-profile people that pictures did get leaked to the press. But it, let's, let's jump up to where we are now. Look at um, the details. Okay, the details. Are we talking, If we're talking about cleaning up, we don't... If somebody dies on the property... I can see them locking it down, but the details, like Michael Jackson, his doctor, um, his two kids are there. They're obviously not, but there's other people, the paramedics. There's, you know, stories out there that, you know, they, it snuck out. It got out there, but no one knows how they got out of there. So who do you 
go after? Is it the paramedic? I never said anything. Well, I was just kind of surprised because when I was looking this up, I mean, like I said, you, there's walkthroughs of what these scenes look like. Exactly. You can see pictures of full-blown, you know, mm-hmm. suicide scenes. Like, how Her does cocaine. that stuff get out? I mean, it's just it's someone, kind of crazy. Someone... You think that somebody would have sued somebody by now so that that stuff couldn't happen because it's pretty... Uh, I mean, it's pretty blatant. In to a just lot of those cases, it. yeah. I mean, like in a lot of those cases, like uh, all the examples you said, they're like celebrities, so the profiles are a lot bigger. It's probably not the crime scene cleanup people doing it. It's just any schmo that's walking by, you know, like well, think of Chris Farley in the hotel. I mean, it could have been anybody in the hotel. But if you really wanted to like make some money, what if you posed as one of these cleaning people? Yeah, TMZ's next uh, yeah. move. Yeah, <laughs> just to get like an inside man and one of these, you know, like L.A. And how many celebrities and how many things happen that, you know, people are connected and whatnot. There are videos out there of uh, the cleanup teams doing their job. I didn't watch any of them because I figured that they'd all be censored out or they wouldn't be up there. So it had to be pretty much like, this is how we come in and when we determine the site and da-da-da and we go from there. You know, you're not going to see uh, Joe Schmo getting scraped up in a shovel. Oh, it's pretty crazy. Like, if you just is go it? to YouTube <clears throat> and look up forensic cleaning, okay, there's, there's some pretty... I haven't done that for Explicit this. Explicit videos. But I, mean, I might do that now. Whether or not they're legit, I don't know, because how would I, you know? Exactly. I don't really know. I mean, brain is hard to identify if you don't really know what it is you're looking at, but it's out there. And you brought up a good point. These are all high celebrity. If I died in my house in a, a violent death or something, who gives a flying shit if my picture gets leaked on the internet? Nobody cares if it's just another guy that died. But if it's somebody important, you know? A president or a, a, some type of official or even an entertainment person there's always going to be that curious yeah oh then you get all the outside people trying to get pictures and i think that's where they're coming from all those leaked details or pictures yeah any... back in the day it was a reporter the forensic photographers probably you know well i got these three shots of Marilyn monroe i have the originals i'm the guy that took this oh what what it cut out how, how much did he get paid for that to slip out the door or yeah. have a Photo reproduced. And it's just kind of crazy because if you watch an episode of, you know, Dateline or 2020 mm-hmm, or anything mm-hmm. like that and they show crime scene photos, I mean, it's pretty gruesome sometimes. You know, they might blur out the person's face, but you can still see, you know, the bodies in whatever weird position they're in with, you know, oh, or yeah. like the first 48. You've ever seen that show? Yeah. They, they just I mean, fuzz out the face, leave I the know. body as is. I know. It's Here he pretty, is propped up with, you know, checkered out face, but... It's pretty morbid when you think about that stuff, and I don't know, I just... There's probably got to be some level of finesse, I would assume, that goes along with doing this job, but you think that it would be, you know, harder here's, to just go and do it. Here's you know? something really goofy, and I don't mean it in a, a disrespectful way, because... Um, Jeffrey Dahmer. In a sense, he was... A murderer, a forensic cleanup guy. He put body parts into uh, barrels, drums, cooked up stuff, froze stuff, chopped stuff up, disposed of stuff. I mean, he was doing, like, all-in-one exclusive right there. And that's, you know... So we need more serial killers to be forensic cleaning people? So they clean up after themselves. <laughs> Not only do they commit the murder, but they clean up after themselves. Um, hello, Dexter, again. Mm-hmm. Dexter. <laughs> yeah, he was really good at that. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> yeah, but that got him nowhere, so. You know, the 
and no one really thinks about when they start up a business like this what they need and it's you know some of it's common sense shovels putty knives um, vans trucks biohazard uh, containers uh, 55 gallon drums to get this started that's a pretty big I would think that's a pretty big startup for a business I mean not, not to say that any other business but in this particular field um, the the amount that the the company has to get going on is crazy and in, a lot of this stuff is disposable because so if somebody shows up in a van with a garbage can and start a running it's your next door neighbor <laughs> you probably shouldn't let them come in and clean up your crime scene <laughs> right <laughs> he's, he's got a picture of Bob Marley on the front of his shirt yeah <laughs> yeah I might a lot of saran wrap <laughs> or he's walking up to the door like Carol Burnett with the mop and bucket <laughs> yeah no I would uh, go the other way but a lot of this stuff is not that you just take it home and clean it in the sink like you do a regular household product. This stuff, you know, you have to buy X amount of mops, X amount of potty knives. This stuff just... So that's expensive. So I can see where your charging comes in. But, you know, you have to be... you got to be careful because you could really take a person for a ride with charging them and getting away with, like, murder. Which... <laughs> Oh, you're so full of the puns tonight. Uh, I'm not trying to be. <laughs> Must be the medicine that I'm on. Which led me to a thinking point here. How many times do you think um, a forensic team would come in and clean up? Maybe they want to sell some salvageable parts, body parts. Who's buying those? I don't know. Who has the right to sell them? I don't think anybody does. Probably... So it's on a black market basis, right? If there's anything left, say say it was a clean headshot. Now I know the body's dead, and you know the. But if you're there within a certain amount of time, could you make this stuff disappear for money? No. No. Don't you no. have to like hand the body over for like a, a funeral? Maybe. Even if you cut the pieces out. You know, unless you got there within like <coughs> twenty minutes of it happening, cut it out and put it in a lunchbox full of ice you're not getting anywhere with it those, okay. those things don't have shelf life funeral directors parlor morticians they've gotten jailed and sued for taking out the insides of people probably not selling... to use in other people though well stop. medical research weird people that want hands of glory right I look on ebay for those every once in a while so that's where my thinking went after I ran out of ideas. Hands of glory. I do. Do you want a hand? You know about the hand of glory. The hand of glory? Yeah. It's a mummified hand that holds the, oh, the yeah, power yeah. in it. Do we have one? No. I look on eBay for them. You can't really find them. How much do you think they cost? That's probably ridiculously expensive. What about like a monkey's paw? Will that do? No, monkeys are up there, but no. But it has to be a... Have you ever heard of like the legend of the hand of glory? No. Right, you're gonna have to look that up because it's, it's pretty powerful. Google it. I mean, Potter even the movie, you know, one of the Potter movies even has one of the hands of glory. Okay. Yeah, when he goes into Diagon Alley, and he goes into the bad wizarding shop, and he goes to touch the hand and it grabs him. Mm. The tag on it says "Hand of Glory." Okay. So magical, We're following. It's a magical thing. Sorry. And you're trying to buy one of these. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyone out there listening? If you know where we can find a hand of glory, 
Could you uh, get a hold of Allison? Maybe I should contact some cleaning crews, some friends at cleaning crews. Well, that, <laughs> that was my whole thought. I'm like, oh my God, they could be doing this stuff in like, and there's a couple grand out the side door. So I started thinking, what are some of, there's some, you know, there's some, let's face it, dirty ass people out there that can find ways to scheme money. And when I happened to look up different stuff, morticians came up a lot because, you know, they had full access to bodies. They're pulling them out, selling them, whatever they were doing with them and getting caught for it. But it led me into how much body parts are worth, which is, you know, somewhat in the subject range that we're in. So um, I went on there and there's actual list out there of what your parts of your body are worth. So do we tear to take a guess on any of this stuff or... Can we play the prices right? That body part edition. <laughs> okay, we can lighten up the show now, right? Okay, yeah. Oh, so yeah. you give us one, and then Rob and I get to guess, and yes. you have to tell us who gets closest. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Let's say. Um, let's. What do we want to go with? Um, oh, looky here. <clears throat> what does a legal heart? What can you get for a legal heart? How much? What do you think the value on? What that do you mean is? by legal? Well, there's two ways to do this. Medically, <laughs> and then, ooh, I want that heart out the back door. As in, like, Mortal Kombat, like, get over here, and, like, rip the heart out? That would be illegal. Okay. <laughs> so. No, please take, please, I'm going to uh, donate my organ when I die. You can have it. That would be legal. Oh. Versus. No one, nobody cares about that. It's digging up a grave. Do they even pay if you're an organ donor? Do you even get paid for your, who do you pay for your organs? Well. Nobody. You're dead, so. You're dead. You just get moved on. So shouldn't all the legal organs be free? Okay, now we're going to... I think they are, right? Right? Because you're donating them. But we're talking illegal, right? These are illegal prices, black market. Legal legal versus illegal. versus illegal. Hmm. So So if I'm a mortician and I know someone wants a heart for whatever, I could sell it on the side. Or I could sell it to a third world country for whatever reason. But those would both be illegal. Okay. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Because the, the, okay, let's just think about this now. Say so you, you have a, you die. And, and the first thing that anyone does, you guys have seen Nurse Jackie. The first thing they do is they whip <laughs> out the driver's license and they look on the bag to see if the person's Order. a donor. And if they are, sometimes even if they aren't, they sign it. And they pull out all your organs and those go to people. But nobody gets paid for that. I do not believe anyone gets paid for that. Okay. So we're talking about black market prices. All right. We'll go with black market prices. Okay. okay now we're playing the game. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> So how much is your heart worth on the black market? Five grand. A penny. <laughs> you are really doing the prices wrong. <laughs> uh, <laughs> your heart's worth $119,000. Oh, I was right! Oh. <laughs> Closer. Okay, what's a liver worth? What do you think? Well, based on how much the heart was worth, um, I'm going to say 50 grand. <laughs> 51 grand. <laughs> Rob. <laughs> they have it as $157,000. Nice, you got one. You get to go home with a illegal black market liver. <laughs> um, interesting fact. Wait, that's $10. It. No, no, there's more. Oh, okay. This is throwing a little interesting I got, fact. I got excited. Skin. Okay. $10 per square inch. That seems low. But why would you need the skin? We don't know. Stem cell? I don't know. Unless you're like Ed Gein and you want to make some furniture. Body patches. I'm surprised no one went to Ed Gein on this, but anyway, (laughs) you know, lampshades. 
Um, That's for the whole serial killer episode. Oh, is that yes. for the whole? Okay. We could do an episode just on him. He was so <clears throat> weird and twisted. Um, Roller skates. Where did I go? <laughs> In a suitcase. About bone marrow. How much do you think um, a gram of bone marrow a goes gram. for? A gram. A gram of bone marrow. 20 grand. Um, I'm going to say 50 grand. 23,000. Nice. You almost got that exact. I know. Yeah. Um, you can... still, I plunged the syringe into you. Ooh. Oh, man. I heard that's painful when they take bone marrow. Yeah, out it is really painful. But how many grams of bone marrow do you think are in your body? I don't know. Probably not a lot if it's 23,000 per gram. You can donate your bone marrow, <clears throat> but it's illegal to sell it, just for the record. Um, yeah, because people would be doing that all the time then to make money. Allison. Well, I, I won't I, I make this gender general. What do you think eggs are worth <clears throat> in your body? 15 grand a piece. Um... 30 grand. 12,400. A piece? Yeah. I'm selling those shits. Egg donation is also legal, but some choose to avoid Hey, there's a black fees. market for that. Yep. And eggs illegally are abroad. Yep. Um, how much do you think your womb's for? A surrogate's womb. What are you going to do with that? If, if, the if you take it out, it's dead. useless. Yeah. <laughs> you can't put anything in it. I think this is a trick question. I'm going to say it's worthless. One dollar. One dollar, Bob. Two dollars. <laughs> In the U.S., it's anywhere between $80,000 and $150,000. what? You can't even do anything with it. It doesn't function anymore. Uh, there's this thing in quotations called the red market, and it didn't get into what that's all about. That's but they said you could find them. You said, it says you can find a mother much cheaper. Yeah. But that's probably the red market is probably when you go and have surgery and have your things removed illegally. Right. And to sell it. That's probably the red market. All right. Um, so far, Allison's just kicking your ass here, Rob. So here's here's a secretly I do this on the side. Yeah. <laughs> right. You can you can re- you can get back into the game here. How much is a pint of blood worth? Mm, Ten grand to a vampire. Priceless. <laughs> <laughs> Priceless. Is that your going? <laughs> well, you said ten grand for a pint. Yeah. Five hundred bucks. Oof. You better go back to school. Really? For math, yeah, three hundred thirty-seven dollars. <laughs> really? Per pint. <laughs> um, Shooters. Oh my god! <laughs> of course, men's and women's hair—they're always worth stuff for wigs and weaves and all that stuff. But if you could sell your whole body from head to toe, and they could use every piece of you, including the chemical breakdown and the liquids of your body. How much do you think your whole body is worth? One hundred billion dollars. One point five million. Million. One hundred million. One hundred million. <laughs> you just, you just, you went wing right to you like a magnet. What is it? How much did? What are we going with? One hundred million. <laughs> what was yours? One hundred million billion dollars. A little higher. I said one point five million. Forty-five million dollars. Theoretically, if you could use everything wow. and work it out in the detail. There's some people I don't like, so I might have to think about some of that. <laughs> <laughs> What's the number one body part that people want? Eyeballs. I would say heart. Or kidney. 
Every time I look at you, you just change your answer. <laughs> it is a kidney. Um, 75% of all illicit sales are made on kidneys yeah, because it's kidneys... it's so hard to find matches. So what happens when you go to Mexico, you drink somewhere in a shady area, you wake up... Without a kidney. A, a bed full of ice. That's the red market. Yeah. Yep. Um, Isn't there a horror movie about that? Probably. It's an urban legend, too. There's a few of them out there. You wake up and you just scar and I took your kidney. Yeah. Every year, 100,000 plus people join the waiting list for heart, kidney, or liver transplants, which is, is kind of a lot. Yeah, I'm not giving any of this stuff up, sorry. No? You no. taking it with you? I need it you all. You burning it? I need it all. Okay. So, I know we, we strayed a little bit on this show, but this sh- it's a very dark subject, and there's probably a lot of families that went through this stuff, so we just thought we'd bring a little bit of it to light and let you know how much your body's worth. And if you do want to read some interesting things, I don't know, I came across a really good article about um, a company out on Long Island in New York. They're called Island Trauma Services. And uh, the article was called Smelling Death on the Job of New York Crime Scene Cleaning, and it's on theatlantic.com if anybody wants to read it. But they had some good advice for people because at the end of the article, they basically asked them, you know, if you could give anybody advice about dying, what would your advice be? And the guy that founded the company said, well, there's two things. One, make sure that you die with somebody close by because those unattended deaths, I guess, are pretty gruesome. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing they said is to try to die in a bathroom because tile is the easiest thing to clean up when it comes to fluids and body and all those types of things. No, as serious as that is, that's almost like, duh. No, but when you think about it, I mean, it was so matter of fact, just like... Yeah, that makes sense. Die in the tub. (laughs) Well, they did not say the tub. They said the bathroom because there was actually parts of that article that talked about the tubs and how the the, um, drains get clogged up because of the fluids and everything, and it can be like the worst thing to have to clean. So die on the toilet. Like all of us. And die with someone close by so that you're not laying around for a long period of time. They, it's, yeah, that's funny you say they get clogged up. It takes about two hours of the blood being outside of your body for it to, like, uh, make this gooey mess. It's, I guess, that's where the shovels come in. You let it go for a little bit. It's how they can get it up. It's the easiest. And once it starts to harden up and gel, that's how they go in there and then pop it all up. And so, yeah, it probably makes some really good sense. They're tile. You don't have to go under anything unless it's, if it's one sheet, but... Hardwood floors, forget it. You're tearing up the floorboards. I mean, there's stories of floorboards and, you know, everything. Just, you have to strip it. Yeah, I read some stuff about hidden fluids, too. Like, people had said that when people died on mattresses, that they might remove the bodies. And, like, on the surface, it might not look too bad. But then when they start to actually get into the mattress, like, the, it's called, like, hidden fluid. Like, the body has a way of those Ew. fluids like sinking deep and down the mattress. yeah like it, from the surface stain it might not look that bad but there are things that get down into there which makes you wonder about making a murderer if they slit the girl's throat on the mattress yep they I did. thought about that too they did I so thought about that too because I don't know I mean I'm sure you know for anybody listening out there if you haven't seen uh, making a murderer, please, you know, plug your ears right now because we don't want to ruin it for you if you're like the one person in the world that hasn't seen it. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, when I was reading some of this stuff, I kept going back to that too, just because of what they say these crime scenes are like and how detailed the cleanup has to be yeah. and how even still they sometimes miss things. Yep. So to think about what the documentary claimed that was done to that woman in that house 
and then to see the the actual crime scene footage. There was nothing there. It's like who the heck cleaned it because they had to be like super super good. There was no hire they, those people. Yeah, there was no there was no blood, no nothing. Like, the way that story was described, and when they walked in there with the camera as the crime scene, you're like, nah. No way. They they had to get something. They cleaned it up perfectly and made it look like a hoarder was living there still. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, Man, that's just... Yeah, completely bizarre. But, I mean, you know, this gives you some perspective on stuff like that. And you can't help but question those types of things when you read, you know, how long these crime scenes can take to clean. Sometimes days. Days. Yep. Yep. And and it's, it's very, like you said, tedious. And an OCD person would probably be just the person to do that I know but you know <clears throat> there's a story floating around out there that this uh, gentleman I believe his brother was either shot or murdered at the house that they lived at and they went through everything they cleaned everything up and after everything was said and done the brother whether it be weeks or a month later or whatever was doing something at the house and crime scene clean up people and this stuff and he was there he had to clean it up and that's, you know, it goes back to your old school because I was actually trying to look for um, <clears throat> like more stories on this where what did everybody do? Like you said earlier, Rob, what did everybody do before people said, hey, let's get together and, you know. They called the wolf. Who's the wolf? You've seen Pulp, Pulp Fiction. Fiction. Oh, the wolf. Okay. <laughs> called the wolf. The wolf comes and cleans it, it up. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, there's probably people like that that people knew. You know, back in the day, especially if you were, like, you know, connected at all. If you were, like, the type of person that might be shooting people a lot, you probably did have some guy that you knew that you called that came and dealt with those types of things. I'm thinking if you even go back even further, back, you know, really jump back in history when people died at their house or there was, you know, gun shooting, like, I don't know, I don't want to say cowboys and Indians, but stuff like that where you're out and there was no such thing as, you know, a, a clean-up. You yeah. cleaned up your floor. I think they were a little less sanitary. You know, Pa died here. Then, yeah. Huh? I think they were a little less sanitary back then. I didn't really care. Well, yeah. Think about the people who had TV that died in their house or they were bleeding or something like that. or any The Black of, Plague. The Plague. I mean... The Black Death. There you are inhaling it and you can't understand why you're dying. But, you know, it's taken a long... It's surprising that it's taken this long to get to it. And it's only... You know, I think people probably died with more people around back then, though, too. Don't you think? I mean, people live longer now. There's more elderly people dying alone, no one around. I mean, you think about like the 40s, the 30s, the 20s, the 1900s. I would almost make sense because you'd have to say that families were more oriented, being tight, being Mm -hmm. home. You know, kids might not go away to college. They might stay there and work in the father-son shop or mom shop, however you wanted to do it. There probably wasn't a lot of stuff. Yeah, I mean, somebody dies, you take them out of the house. You know, you have a viewing in the front room for two days. You take them out of the house. You bury them on the land somewhere. Like, where is there really to clean up? True. I mean, I think the most part, like at least from what I was reading, is that the really bad scenes are those unattended deaths when people have been sitting for a few days. Or weeks. Weeks, months. Yeah. Um, I, you know, also in that line, hoarders. That's right up there with meth labs. I was just um, scanning some pictures the other night, and uh, you see the mess. You never really, you watch the shows, you don't think anything. You know, it's like, oh, man, this is just a mess. You know, get the guy out of here, or the woman or the family out of here, and just clean it up and be done with it. Well, there's a lot more to that, especially when you have a death happen in there. And then they started showing some clips last night of... You know, people that have died in their 
place and you can't get in there. They haven't seen this person in a while or they don't have any family. So that stuff is just... So hoarding was another one it was up in the, that the teams didn't like to go and do because not only do you have the body, which is going to cause its own problems with, um, you know, decomposition and maggots and everything else and liquids and fluids. Now you have a hoarding house, which is unattended. So you're going to have rats. You're going to have all kinds of bugs and everything else living in that food. Well, usually they have a lot of cats or dogs, so they probably just eat the body. Yeah. <clears throat> Dead animals all over the place. Yep, and so. that, that was in the stories too because they just yeah. they died in the house with them. There's no food. There's no nothing. So it's it's a big mess out there, and it's uh I thought it was an interesting subject. <laughs> Allison nose up to the ceiling, going not my not my gig. No. When I started reading about you know scenes where cleaning crews were coming in and there was two thousand flies and maggots all over bodies and. The just raw stench of what that was like, nah. Think about this, and I don't know if it's something you get used to. Did you ever get like a mosquito bite or a spider was crawling on you and you hit it off and then you think you have like another one on you and you start scratching everywhere? I don't think I can imagine myself, even if I was in a, a Tyvek suit going in there with maggots crawling on you or cleaning up and stuff, I think I would be like, you know, OCD in the opposite way. I'd be like, ugh, you know. Jeff would be come home, he'd be in the shower, like cowering in the corner, rubbing his skin, <laughs> sucking my thumb. I mean, uh, again, we're not trying to make light of it, but it's just it's you know, these job. are every it's it's I mean, a hard job. Somebody's got to do it, so, and I get that, you know. I mean, it's a reality. You know, Mike Rowe should go and do a Dirty Jobs episode. <laughs> my God, you are a genius. Seriously, he always wants ideas. Always oh, off the air. But they, I mean, that would have been like. I bet you he's probably gotten a couple of those. I mean, because that's what it kind of makes me think of, like a job that no one wants, but and it's probably very thankless, but it's needed. Yeah, let them follow a, a mortician or somebody around at night, or whoever's a coroner has to pick up a body. This is what you gotta do, you know. Yeah. Get your Tyvek suit on and uh, <clears throat> get your face shield and your mask that doesn't actually filter out any of the smells. Right. And get to it. That'd probably be too disrespectful to our PC world that we live in today, because you know. But it's a reality, and this is one of those things that gets covered up, and no one ever asks that question, mm-hmm. you know? My uncle had a chance um, back in the day um, when they had the uh, Oklahoma bombing. He had a chance to go out there. He had a, a job to do, and um, he got a chance to go through the buildings because, of course, I was morbid, and I wanted to know what was what. So <clears throat> um, he was explaining um, when he went through these rooms, you know, that half that building was sheared. Going through that room, he says two things. He goes, I couldn't understand why all the walls were pink. Thought about it for a bit. Talked to a couple of people. That was people. That was that was people being, when them bombs went off, the spray went everywhere. That's what coated the walls. You know, there was people still there with just half the body at their chair. I mean, complete, like, craziness. But... The other half of it was, he goes, like you said earlier, the smell, he says it was very sweet, very pungent. He goes, it's something you'll never forget once you experience it, you know? This show to some people might be like nothing, but to most people, you don't really get an encounter like that, you know, and understand the whole realm of it, you know? So, I, you know, of course I quizzed him a lot, but... He says it's just something uh, something you never forget. 
a lot of a lot of times we're lucky enough to have a family that might that might pass away in a hospital or hospice or something and they come in and they take them away it's very you know okay what can we do okay great next thing you know you're at the funeral home in a couple of days and there they are laid out but you know like in life nothing is always that smooth and well it's even more reason to not be selfish and kill yourself because then you're just gonna have to leave a mess for somebody else to come in and clean up fucking Kurt Cobain <laughs> <laughs> and on that note <laughs> I didn't like his music anyway <laughs> it doesn't mean he had to shoot himself should we end another episode with a Nirvana song nah heart shaped box what do we want to do that's what we did for the Valentine's episode oh that's right heart shaped box where can we reach that Allison well, if you want to comment on this or any of our other wonderful podcast shows that we've had in the past, you can reach us at parababblepodcast at gmail.com or on facebook.com slash parababble. And if you want to tweet us with that cute little bluebird, you can get us at parababble. Okay. Yeah. Sorry this was so dark. We'll try not to make it so dark next time. Again, I'd like to thank, um, you know, financedegreecenter.com. That's where I picked up the... Um, how much your body's worth when we played the little uh, body worth game there that told us what the the black market, red market, whatever that's worth, and science.howstuffsdone.com. Um, those are our sources. And this is Parababble, so we cover all things paranormal, all things strange, unique, different. Creepy. Have any shows ideas? Bizarre. You can always hit us up, you know, if there's something you want to know more about or something that you want to comment on that we've talked about, but... You know, our whole objective in this is to bring you things that are not the same old, same old. Exactly. And again, we meant no disrespect to any families or people who have gone through stuff like this or have had experiences. Um, but like you said earlier, it is a reality. Mm-hmm. So until then, we're going to sign off on this one. I thought this was a nice morbid show. It had its tone. And we will catch you next time on Pick